I want to talk to you about an incredibly important matter that you need. You need to work on your other capacity to know. You have more than one capacity to know things. And I'm going to show you how this works. Now, John David, how old are you? That's what I thought. Now, John David, stand up. John David's big enough to be 16, okay? Uh, but I need a 12-year-old. You can sit down again. I want you to keep John David in your mind this morning during the homily because I am going to take the gospel lesson and I'm going to deal with it. It's a remarkable passage. Actually, I have never given a homily on this particular part of the gospel lesson. I'm not going to deal with the circumcision of the Lord in the flesh. I've given homilies on that before this morning. I'm going to deal with the passage when Jesus is 12 years old. What we read this morning in the gospel is that's what we know about Jesus until he's 30. That's what we know. It's all there. You got it. On half a page. I'm going to take him at 12. John David's 12. John David, he wasn't as tall as you are, I promise. He didn't weigh as much as you weigh. All right? But you need to have in your mind a 12-year-old and a thoughtful 12-year-old. Okay, the family goes up to Passover. They go up to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. You would do this if you could. It's what every Jewish family did if it was possible. At least you went once in your lifetime. They went often, I'm sure. I'm sure this is how Jesus and John the Baptist got acquainted. Jesus and John the Baptist knew each other. They're kin, they're cousins. I do know. I know what he was like in his 20s. I learned it from John the Baptist, and so can you. By the way, I learned it partly by developing my other knower, my other capacity to know. Okay, so the family goes to Jerusalem for the Passover. And, you know, they go up. I mean, you've you got to understand, they didn't have Greyhound buses, they didn't have airplanes, they didn't have any of these things. And, and you have to imagine all kinds of people walking to Jerusalem from all over Israel. Oh, that, I mean, it's huge amounts of people. Jerusalem would swell at Passover from approximately maybe 150 to 250,000 people to 2 million people, people coming from all over the world, but especially from all over Israel. So you have to understand there's all kinds of people there. And families go up together, and the extended families are together. So it is not surprising that after the celebration of the Passover takes place, everybody starts back home, and Mary and Joseph don't notice, uh, Frank uh, and Julie don't notice that John David's gone. They kind of wish he might be gone. No, that's not true, John David. They don't notice that he's not there because they assume he's with relatives. That was customary. But they begin to ask questions and they find out that Jesus is not with them. I do not know how long they have been gone. But it's probably at least a day that they've been gone on their way back to Nazareth. And they have to go back to Jerusalem. They're hunting all over for Jesus. Now, you go to Jerusalem, typically a city of 150 to 250,000 people, okay? Where are you going to look for a 12-year-old? 
Well, I'll tell you where most people wouldn't look for their 12-year-old. In the temple. You might find them on some back street. You might find them at the bazaar. But you don't expect to find them in the temple. Furthermore, you don't expect to find them in the temple sitting with the doctors of theology asking questions and answering questions and these doctors of the law are sitting there with this 12-year-old and their jaws have dropped because they can't understand how anybody could have the understanding in spiritual matters that the 12-year-old Jesus has. They're astounded at what he does. Well, Mary and Joseph sort of barge in on the scene. And Mary, being a good mother, says... You know, I, I like this. It wasn't Joseph who did this. It was his mom who did this. Son, why have you done this to us? Or child, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been searching you with great anxiety. Now, listen. Before the deacon read this, I almost stopped you and said, I almost stopped and said, let us attend, but most especially attend to the end of the gospel reading today. And he said to them, Why were you searching for me? Folks, that doesn't sound like a very bright question, even from a 12-year-old, does it? His mom and dad have been looking at me. Why have you been searching for me? Do you not know that I must be and the translation I am reading to you and that you have in your bulletin is more accurate than the one that was read here. Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he said to them. Now let's work with this a little bit. Two people that we're going to discuss. We'll just use Mary and Jesus. First of all, Jesus. How did he know that he was supposed to be in his father's house or about his father's business as it was read today? How did he know it? How did he come to that conclusion? How did it seem so logical to him? I, I, I misstepped there because it had nothing to do with logic. How did he know that he was supposed to do that. Furthermore, how did he sit there with these most brilliant scholars in Israel and discuss with them weighty, weighty theological matters? How did he know it? Well, he knew it a way that most of us don't know a whole lot of things. I'm going to say it two ways. The first way isn't correct, but you'll understand it better than the second. He knew it in his guts. He knew it inside of him. The more accurate way to say this is he knew it in his spirit. You see, if he'd have sat down and logically thought about it, he wouldn't have understood it. Because logic will not always lead you to the right conclusions in all things. There is nothing wrong with logical thinking. Nothing. You need logical thinking. But logical thinking won't give you answers in everything. Logical thinking will leave you lost 
on many issues. One issue it will leave you lost on if you're 12 is when you need to be in your father's house. Logical thinking would have said, oh, I need to tell my folks. Wouldn't that have been logical? Logical thinking would have made arrangements. Logical thinking would have said, well, I am the eternal son of the father who has condescended to take flesh in the womb of the Virgin Mary and become man. I am God and I am man and hence I need to go straighten out the doctors of the law. Well, that was true. What I just said was true. But that's not what, that's not the process he went through. He did not, are you watching me? Now this later, by the way, gets broadcast on radio, on the internet. And so the people can't see it. But if you're watching, I'm pointing at my head. The process didn't take place here. It took place within his human spirit. He understood in his spirit. And when you understand in your spirit, a third way I said the first was in your guts. I said in your spirit, a way, and I don't like the word perfectly, but it's okay for now. He understood it intuitively in his spirit. By the way, women are better at this than men, I think though a woman will be chided for it today. But he understood this within him. He was taught it within. You see, you can learn, you can be taught in your human spirit. You can be taught by God. There's a way that this happens. We'll get to, we're celebrating it today. The way you learn in your human spirit is get circumcised, not in the flesh, but circumcised in the heart. We're all the dross in your heart gets stripped away and where your human spirit can understand where in your heart you can understand you can learn in your heart you learn in your spirit you know things now that was jesus a 12 year old now come on he is a 12 year old i mean the, the, the incarnation of the son of god the coming in the flesh of the son of god was not some external show Folks, when he was a baby, he pooped in his pants. His diapers had to be changed. And it wasn't gold. He was a real human being, and at 12, he was a 12-year-old. Yes, he was God in the flesh, but he was still truly human. Truly. And he learned the way we are supposed to learn in his spirit. He genuinely learned things. Okay, that's the Lord. Now his mother. Mary comes and she does the speaking. Son, how could you have done this to us? Parents, don't you understand that statement? I surely understand it. I'll promise you with five boys, I understand that. Do you know what I would have said if any of my 12-year-olds would have done that? I would have said... <laughs> Jesus got off easy. <laughs> so that would have been my first statement. How could you have done that to us? And now you're going to catch it. How could you have done this? That's logic, right? Is it not reasonable? Is it not logical that a mother is going to wonder where her son is after at least 24 hours. Overnight, a 12-year-old, 
in that huge crowd of people and wondering where he is. Isn't that reasonable? Well, the 12-year-old didn't think so. Do you know how I know the 12-year-old didn't think it was... He may have thought it was reasonable or logical, but he didn't think it was right. Why? How do I know that? Because, listen, your father and I have been searching for you with great anxiety. He said to them, Why were you searching for me? Folks, that's either a very profound question or it's stupid. Are you with me? Am I not correct? Either a very profound question or not too bright. Why were you searching for me? Because he assumes that she has some knowledge that she doesn't have. That's not all he, that's not the end of the question. Why were you searching for me? Did, are you with me? You got to be listening. Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? Mom, what's wrong with you? You should have known. How should she have known? In her head? No. In her guts. In her spirit. In her heart. Folks, she had a visitation from the angel Gabriel. That's pretty big stuff. She was a virgin when Jesus was born. No doubt about it in my mind. This is very remarkable. And it says of her, of all these things that surrounded his birth, it says Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Folks, she didn't ponder them in her head. She pondered them in her heart. She pondered them in her human spirit. In a sense, Jesus is graciously chiding his mother. Why? Because she failed to use her other capacity to know. She had it, but she didn't use it. Mom, why were you looking for me? Did you not know? K-N-O-W. Did you not know? How should she have known? Do you think all the logic in the world would have given her that? If she would have sat down and done 25 successive syllogisms, would she have figured out that this is what her 12-year-old boy should be doing? Even an arrogant mother would have said, well, in her logic, she could have said, my son knows more than all those spiritual doctors. I think he ought to stay in Jerusalem and talk to those guys and straighten them out. They did need some straightening out. She didn't know. It was a problem of knowing. Now, I remember a very well-known biblical scholar in my younger years, Dr. J. Edwin Orr, a very remarkable man. He was talking one day about an agnostic and how you should deal with an agnostic. And he said, here's how you deal with an agnostic. The agnostic says, I don't know. I don't know if there's a God or not. And he says, what you do with the agnostic is you say to him, 
how do you know that I don't know? Because the agnostic can't know. He can't know that I don't know. And then he would go to this illustration. He would say, consider a brilliant blind mathematician. And you ask a brilliant blind mathematician what he knows about color. And the brilliant blind mathematician says this, well, color is described by certain angstrom units. Red is so many angstrom units, blue is so many angstrom units, red is so many angstrom units. And you can see that he has this great understanding of color. And then Dr. R would always say, a poor washerwoman with the blessing of eyesight knows more about color than the most brilliant blind mathematician. Now I'm going to use that illustration. The most simple Christian, whether it's 12, younger or older, who uses his human spirit to know, knows more about God and the things of God than the most brilliant theologian on the face of the earth who has learned only to use his head. St. Thomas Aquinas, who certainly is one of the most brilliant theologians in all the history of Christianity, said after an encounter with God in his older years, he said, in 15 minutes, I learned more than in all the rest of my life combined. Why? Because this brilliant theologian, one of the great doctors of the Roman church, this brilliant theologian finally learned how to use his knower inside. Now, my encouragement to you today is, folks, is this year, if you're going to make a New Year's resolution, make the New Year's resolution to learn how to use that knowing within. It doesn't come super easy. It's not by chance that we celebrate the circumcision of the Lord in the flesh and read this gospel on the same day. The only way you'll ever learn to use that knower within you, that capacity to know, is if you are circumcised in the heart. You can't just live a garbage life and learn how to use your knower. In just a few moments, he and I are going to stand here and they're going to sing. We who mystically represent the cherubim and sing to the life-giving Trinity the thrice holy hymn, let us now lay aside all earthly care. That is circumcision of the heart in part. You see, you can go through your whole life as a Christian and never know anything within. I had a professor, actually my most brilliant professor in all of my seminary training, who actually flipped out. He flipped. They had to haul him off to a psychiatrist because he tried to get everything in his head and he could never get it into his heart. He never fully recovered. He went back to the classroom, but he was never the same. He did not know how to lay aside all earthly care. I didn't say just sins, folks. Did you hear me clearly? You see, all earthly care, does it go, that goes beyond sin. If you're going to use that inward knower that the 12-year-old used, 
and that he assumed his mom would use, he said to his mom, didn't you know? Because he thought she should have known. She should have. You know, Mary should have said to Joseph when they were out on the road, oh, he's okay. He's probably back in the, he's probably back in the temple with the doctors of the law. <laughs> Isn't that what Jesus assumed she would have said? It is, the assumption there. I want you to learn how to use that knower deep down within you. And so make that your New Year's resolution. I am going to embark in a chapter in my life as a Christian. I'm going to learn how to use that knowing within, to know in my human spirit. I'm not tossing out my head. I'm not going to disgrace that. I'm not going to humiliate myself in the sense of saying, reason is useless, because reason is useful. But there's more to knowing than that. There's knowing within. But you're not going to know it unless you're circumcised in the heart, unless you lay aside all of that stuff that stands in the way, and you will learn to know.